two of scripture to you, hear these words, and then we'll press into what we're doing together today. Mark chapter 1. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. The word of the Lord. You can be seated. We're going to spend our time this morning in some simple guided prayer. Here's how this will work. Someone will come up and share with you very briefly about some things that we're going for together in the life of our church. And then we're going to leave 30 seconds for you to just sit and pray and then summarize that in prayer. Move to the next one. Move to the next one. I have always loved Mark's gospel because he just kicks the story off, boom, right away. You know those movies when the first scene there's already a helicopter crashing or a train speeding? They don't waste any time with credits? That's Mark's gospel. Jesus bursts onto the scene, preaching with authority, exercising devils, healing the sick, a whirlwind of work. But then we get that surprising verse that I just read to you. So surprising. Early in the morning, before the sun rose, the Son of God retreated to a desolate place to pray, to pray. When we see those words, they remind us, even Jesus in the flesh began and surrounded everything he was called to do in prayer, communing with the Father by the Spirit. And so Christ is our model for all things. That's why we say that at Seven Mile Road, we want to start and surround all things in prayer. We start them and we surround them in prayer. Today is an exercise in beginning to do that together. This is the first Sunday of what we would call a new church year, September through the summer. And so we're going to start in prayer together. I'll have different folks come up. We'll give them a chance to catch you up on something. And we will begin and all year long surround this work in prayer together. All right, Tim's going to start with our gospel communities. All right, morning. So I don't know uh, how often you feel like just an individualistic Bostonian, right? Doing your own thing, hustling, going everywhere you can, making it to work, trying to keep up with family. There's a lot to do. Gospel communities take all of that and bring it to a screeching halt sometimes. It makes it rough. It makes it hard. But there's a lot of joys that come with being part of a gospel community. So I want to go ahead and pitch that to you here for just a couple minutes. I don't know if you've been to many people's houses, aside from maybe your family members, maybe one or two close friends that you have. You probably haven't been inside of a ton of people's houses if you're just an average individualistic Bostonian. I can tell you, as part of a gospel community, you get to be up close way more personal than you may have sometimes chosen to be because you get to see where real people live and what it looks like to rub shoulders with other people who are trying to follow Jesus. You get to be in incredible opportunities to be with uh, developing relationships and sharing life together. A lot of times that's over food. So you get the opportunities to enjoy some of Grace Cruz's enchiladas. You get a chance to have uh, Tracy Bennett's split pea soup. 
Lots of great things you can try as you're in gospel communities, sharing life, sharing meals together. But beyond that, you get to learn what it's like to walk uh, the Christian life, living together in kind of a 360-degree angle. You get to look at what it is like to hear uh, some of your brothers and sisters praying to Jesus, asking for him to care for their lives. If you haven't had the privilege to hear the Fran Browns, the Jim Muses, some of these guys praying for us, rub shoulders and hear about the ways that they're following after Jesus, the way that we are able to talk about our struggles, the concerns of life in a safe context. That's what gospel communities do. So when we think about what's the big why, what are we trying to do? We're saying that as all of us are Bostonians, either here for birth or here for a short while, just got here looking to stay, we get to come and we get to be known by other real people here in our area, in our context. We get that opportunity to be loved and cared for. Have somebody watch your kids because a crisis happened. Somebody needs some help, you're able to step in. Your gospel community is the way the church does that. And then you get to be gospel. Sometimes it's really hard to believe the gospel on your own. We don't have to. Uh, the great, great saint uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer talked about doing life together. And he talked about it as a sense of sometimes for another brother or sister, they're caught in sin and they cannot believe the gospel on their own. They need another brother and sister to tell them, no, Jesus forgives you. He is grace for you, even for this that you're going through. And it's that brother and sister surrounding us in prayer, speaking words of truth to us. That's why we have gospel communities. So what's our big, big how of that why that we're going for this year? Well, we got uh, our groups all set to go, ready to kick off as we get into September. So if you're part of a gospel community, been running hard with them, it's time to join back up, catch up with your leaders, find out when your next meeting is. Let's get hustling to get going for that again. If you're not a part of a gospel community yet, I'd love to talk to you after the service this week or next week. Let's just chat about your schedule, see what's going on in your life, and see if we can get you in to preview one of our groups. We don't try to rush you in to join up with a group that's going to be that close for you. We try to get an opportunity so you can kind of go and sort of test drive it, get a feel for how it's going for you. Will it work for you? Are these the people that you can surround yourself with to feel supported in loving Christ and following him hard over these next 9 to 10, 12 months, all right? So that's our gospel communities. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're hoping for. It's messy. It's people. There's stuff that's crazy. But when you see the beauty from a little bit of a step back, you can see God is going to do some great things in our lives, and we're asking for you to step forward into gospel communities this year to see what God might do in your life. Excellent. Thanks, Tim. Let's just pause for a minute and pray for those together. Father, we are lost without you, but with you we have all things and anything is possible. Thank you that you have given us your spirit, but you've also given us your community. I pray that this year every gospel conversation, every rhythm of shared life would be strong, formative, helpful, that we would believe the gospel more deeply, know how loved we are by God more deeply. Come to understand and believe and live the truth of the scriptures more deeply. Would you let your favor be on our gospel communities?
Hear my prayer and answer, I pray. Yeah. All right, Heather's going to come and talk about missional living. Hello, um, I am Heather Previtt, and my title for Seven Mile is Ministries Coordinator and Mission Catalyst. Um, I help mobilize our missional efforts of our church um, and our church people, our members. Um, So this past year, we had given ourselves to experimenting with um, living out our four missional distinctives. Um, Those are hospitality. So we really want every Bostonian that comes um, to our church to feel at home, that they are welcomed, that we designed everything we do with them in mind, Um, creativity and boldness. We have been experimenting with some creative ways to have a more pronounced presence in our community, in our cities. Um, We've surprised and delighted many local organizations um, and given them information about our church and just putting um, our name and our church on their radar. Um, We have been active in participating in local fairs, the Victorian Fair, which we will do a second time next week, so um, that is coming up. And um, other opportunities like participating in the bike fair, um, the bike parade that happened on 4th of July. Um, We have met so many locals and had really great conversations with them. And our hopes are that they would continue this year. Um, And our fourth one is the long game. We know that change doesn't happen overnight. um, So we are invested in this for the long haul. um, And we need you to be excited about this as well and partner with us in this. Um, This is our missional living. This is how we live this out um, with these four distinctives. And um, one thing you could be praying for is that our um, mission uh, vision for Seven Mile Road is that every Bostonian Jesus gives us is loved um, and gospeled well. Um, So you can be praying that we would have many more opportunities to meet um, locals, people in our city, um, that we would love them and that that would um, stem into opportunities to gospel them. Um, it doesn't always happen that way, but for us to get to that gospel part is, the, is why we're doing what we're doing. Um, so we need to get excited about that and then be praying for that as well. All right. Let's pray an outward focus prayer together. Father, we confess it has always been your intention to win people for your glory through the work of your Son. I don't know who that is outside of our walls in this moment, but you do. I pray that through the witness of our churches and other faithful gospel-centered churches, many would be brought to life this year. I pray as we do simple things like opening our space for local moms or showing up at a fair or shoveling our neighbor's drive or sitting and crying with a friend whose mom's been diagnosed with cancer or bringing a meal to someone who just had a baby or whatever these ways are that you are moving us toward others, I pray that you would be involved in them. I pray that you would bring dissatisfaction 
of the status quo in people's lives today and conviction of sin. I pray that you bring opportunities and as you do that you bring wakefulness. I pray that you would hear the prayer we're praying today for this and answer it in real time this year. We long for it. Amen. All right, Josh is going to come up and talk about music. One of the biggest things we are learning to do is how to sing well in response to the gospel. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, music. Um, it's interesting. So, I, I mean, I've been playing music my entire life, um, and it's, it, you know, it permeates every aspect of my life. And I know for many of you it is the same, whether you're a musician or not. So I think what that causes me to do when I'm asked to then get up and say something quick about music and what we're doing makes me really uh, kind of slow down and reflect and meditate on why is that important. Um, And I think first and foremost what kind of came to my mind as I was thinking about today and what what do we need to pray for was this idea of just recognizing like what music is. I remember the first time uh, my little baby nephew ever saw a guitar. Uh, my wife was holding him, and I just strummed a chord, and his, he was an infant, and his eyes just light up, and he's overwhelmed with this experience. Um, th- that always resonated with me, this kind of idea that music is this somehow like in our DNA. Um, whether you play an uh, instrument or not, there's something about it that resonates with people. Um, so I think first and foremost, just kind of recognizing and being thankful for the common grace to us that music is. So it is something that God has given us to enjoy, um, and it's something that um, he has given us to enjoy with him. That also kind of made me think, uh, you know, when McCann was talking about um, Cain and Abel offerings, you know, there's so many correlations we can draw to music today, musical worship, uh, liturgy, what we do in the church, and, you know, sacrifice and offering structures throughout um, God's word. But kind of this recognition that music now is this, this thing that we, in essence, can bring to God and is pleasing to him um, when our heart is in the right place. So this recognition that, um, you know, Jesus has paid the price. We do not need to come with some sort of offering that is, you know, atoning for our own sins. But we can come with something that feels natural to us, resonates with us, and is still pleasing to God. So I think that would probably be the first prayer request or the first thing to be mindful of as we do this together this year is let's just be thankful for what music is and recognize the idea that God has granted us a beautiful um, method for coming to him in a way that resonates with us as people. Uh, Secondly, I would say um, our team, so Nick up there in the sound booth and I are uh, deacons on the team, but we have a lot of other people, you know, Bita, Chris, Jared, who are just in the daily grind or the weekly grind of um, trying to figure out how to do that well. So, hey, certainly it resonates with us, but what do we do with that? And our goal is really never to just create something that is artistic, never to create something that is just fun, um, definitely something that is not entertainment, but really kind of consider what are we studying together as a people, what is God doing in our lives, and how do we sing things that call attention to that work, um, that create a response in us to recognize what God is doing, and to um, sing words that help us reflect on and remember uh, what happens in a sermon. So I think when we do that well, hopefully, we are picking songs that cause you to recall things that we've studied together as a people when you leave uh, the service. Hopefully that also causes you in your own life as you listen to music to reflect on what God is doing and be reminded of his word. So I think that's the second thing is, hey, can we as a church... Um, be mindful of and move and push towards and pray for and um, 
uh, you know, using music in a way that is educational for us? Can we use it to learn more about God, to remember the things he's done for us and celebrate those? And then the third, and this is one that's really exciting for uh, me, you know, it's fun being able to play with a band. There's a lot of energy there. Uh, even if we're not singing something, there's something cool about knowing Chris is behind me just digging into the drums and we're having this shared experience of worshiping God together. That's a very encouraging um, very encouraging experience. But that's something that you don't need to play an uh, instrument for. That's something that I think is really important to remember. Remember it can happen when you're singing right next to someone. You never know what that person is going through. And sometimes singing to God, singing about the glories of God, the blessings of God, the grace of God, can be something that encourages um, your brothers and sisters, and you might not even know it. So I think that would be a third request or you know, prayer for us, is can we all participate and recognize the power of, of worship? And uh, not just in an educational sense, not just in like a teaching sense, not just in like a, a, a sacrifice show of worship, but do we recognize that we are actually encouraging and edifying the body of Christ when we uh, participate in those things? So... That's kind of my thought, and I hope that um, you continue to think about that and pray for it, but I know we'll do that now together. So. And if you have any desire to be a part of the team that makes that go, you can talk with Josh or with Nick, and they'd love to loop you into that. Let's pray for that together. Father, what an opportunity, what a calling to be a people who sing. This has always been a central pursuit of the people of God. I pray that you would make it so here. Teach us to revel in your character, in your work, in our future. Make us a people who sing and sing rightly. Would you grow our band? Would you grow them in unity? This year, would you open some new doors for us to realize the power, the way that singing forms us, that week after week after week after week, this would be one small place where you are pleased with that sacrifice of praise. Hear my prayer for that, I pray and answer. Amen. Do it, Lord, do it. All right. Students, Michael's going to come up and catch us up on what's happening with our students this year. Good morning. My name is Michael Previtt. I, along with a team of volunteers, get to serve and disciple our students here. Um, I just wanted to share with you some very exciting things we have coming up and some whys about what we're doing. So we have 10 fourth graders that are jumping into student ministry this year, which effectively doubles our student ministry. So that is huge. We also are having four high schoolers. Um, And we're really concerned that we disciple and equip them to embrace Jesus now in their own community as students of their own age, but also we want them to be embedded deeply within the life of this church. And so we're really focused on not only giving them the age-appropriate discipleship that they need, but also equipping them to enter into intergenerational relationships with adults of different ages to learn what it looks like to follow Jesus when they're a young adult, when it looks like to follow Jesus when they're in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s. And so here's some of the the new rhythms that we're adding this year. Uh, Because we have 10 new fourth graders and 
Um, we have some new leaders. We're going to be adding a fourth and fifth grade specific class. So instead of the fourth through eighth graders meeting together Sunday mornings, they're going to have a fourth and fifth grade class and a sixth through eighth grade class. The fourth and fifth grade class is going to work through the New City Catechism uh, over two years. So we're really excited about equipping them to ask the big questions about our faith and giving them space to begin to explore what that looks like for them. Our sixth through eighth graders are going to continue through what we're calling the the Gospel Project, which is a three-year cycle where they read through Genesis through the end of Revelation. Our high schoolers are going to be doing something a little bit different. We are pairing them each with a specific mentor who they're going to meet with regularly. As well, they're going to meet together a couple times a month to talk about what it means to live a gospel-centered life. We're also asking them to serve in our new fourth and fifth grade class so they can begin to own their faith and begin to explain that to people who are younger than them and disciple them. And we're also uh, getting them to jump into our gospel communities, beginning to give them opportunities to learn what it looks like and feels like to be a young adult, to be an adult who follows Jesus. So here's some of the things that would be great if you could be praying for us for this year, uh, that gospel faith would take deep root in the hearts and the minds of our students and that it would begin to grow. Um, That as they jump into gospel communities, that our gospel communities would embrace them and help them get embedded deeply into what it looks like to follow Jesus. Um, those are some of the big things that we're going for this year. All right, let's pray for those kids together. Father, we know some things to be true about being made right with you. No one does that on their own. It's only those who you seek and save. We know that we're justified not by any works or having the right answers or being good enough, but simply by grace through faith. And we know that you sent your Son to do the seeking and to do the saving. I pray that in the exhausting, hard years of moving from child to adult, that you would give us the simple grace of these kids having safe space to ask questions, to express doubt, to find answers, to be loved. I pray that you would help us know when to be firm, when not... I pray that you would give us the grace to love each kid within their personality for who they are. I pray that these classes, these retreats, these mentorships, in all of these exposures to the gospel and gospel community, that you would be at work in your grace loving on these kids. We know that the road is long and hard and windy, but I pray that you would meet them on it that this prayer would be a part of that. So hear our, hear our prayer for that this year, I pray. Amen. Yes, do it, Lord.
All right, children's stuff. Chelsea's going to come up and catch us up on some of that with a handful of books. Hi, good morning. I'm Chelsea. I'm new to the Point Person team, um, which is a group of four of us who really work to serve our volunteers and make sure that um, the teaching time downstairs goes really well. Um, I'm sure you've noticed we have a lot of kids in our church. We have over 50 kids under the age of nine. What a joy it is to be able to say to our community in our world that we love kids. Um, we Seven Mile Kids works because... 48 of you serve downstairs. Um, If you have kids or even if you don't and want to learn how to love and teach kids, we would love if you join the team of volunteers um, who really work to serve and gospel our kids well. Um, We have a mission statement, which is up here. This is our Seven Mile Kids um, mission statement, loving our sons and daughters by leading them to the gospel. Um, We um, just pray for unity around that mission statement, that all of our volunteers, that that would be on their minds when they are preparing on Sundays, that really the goal is that we we together disciple our kids um, in unity with what you're doing at home, um, leading them to the gospel. Um, There was a small group of us this summer that met to really look at the curriculum that we had been using um, and look at our mission statement and look at scripture, uh, reviewing other curriculums, and we've chosen a new curriculum for our kids uh, to use this coming year. It's called the um, Gospel Story Bible. It is a um, 150-lesson curriculum, and um, it well, the fantastic thing about it is it points each lesson points towards the gospel. Um, there is unity in the age groups. Um, so I don't know if any of you have had kids in multiple classes and you've noticed that one is studying Jonah and one is studying, um, you know, the like Jesus's resurrection for the tenth time. Um, but these lessons across the age group are unified. Um, so your kids, regardless of if they're in first grade or kindergarten, are going to be studying the same lesson at an age-appropriate level. Um, The um, stories are beautiful and colorful. Um, It's reducing our usage of paper, um, and there are a lot of hands-on activities in each of the lessons. Um, These books are going to be out in the foyer if you want to take a look at them yourself. They're available on Amazon, um, and you could add to your own home devotional time. In addition to the Bible that we're going to be using um, downstairs during the teaching time, there are all also a couple of devotionals, um, this long story short, which goes over the Old Testament lessons and the old story new um, through the New Testament, and they actually go week by week along with um, what your kiddos are going to be learning downstairs. So you could order up if you were interested in adding something at home, and it gives you a short 10-minute devotional to do with your kids that's going to be in unison um, with what they are doing here at church. Uh, Finally, um, just some points to pray for as you're praying. Um, Pray for for more volunteers to be called. It really helps to share the load. Um, Pray for unity um, amongst all of us who are serving downstairs that that Jesus and the gospel and leading our kids to him would be on our, our mind. Pray that we would serve our kids well. Um, pray for grace and patience as we teach. Um, and, and just pray for our kids to come and know Jesus.
Let's pray for that together. Father, your word is explicitly clear that you are a God who extends his steadfast love down a thousand generations to those who love him and fear him. So we just pray for this next one specifically this year as they are saturated in the grace and the truth and the beauty of your story of your gospel. I pray that these little seeds would take root. I pray that their minds would be hungry to ask questions and connect the dots. I pray that their hearts would be soft to see you for who you are, to be sorrowful for their sin, to hang on to you in hope. I do pray for 52 Sundays worth of loving and feeding and walking little ones to the bathroom and teaching lessons. And I just pray it would be joy after joy after joy after joy. Give us the resilience and the patience and the endurance to do that well. I do ask that one of the beautiful things you would do through our church would be to turn our hearts to our sons and our daughters in pronounced ways. And I pray that we would all click fast with this new curriculum and just see Christ shown off through it and our kids would as well. Would you hear my prayer for that and answer? I pray that you would do it. Amen. All right, last, uh, next is Levi, who's doing a pastoral residency with us this year. Hi, everyone. My name's Levi, and yeah, this fall I'm moving into a residency with Seven Mile Road. And I'm really excited for that. Uh, We've been brainstorming with the pastors and the other staff team of just what we're wanting to use this residency for, how we can best use it to to love and serve the church and also to love and serve our community and the people that God gives us. And one of those areas and something that's been on my heart is just to see more college students uh, coming through our church. And one of the things that kind of started that uh, just thing in my life. Um, I was hanging out with some friends a little while ago, and uh, it was a larger group of people, and there were some people I didn't know that well, but was getting to know better. And later on in the night, uh, I just remember we were talking about uh, church, and one of the women there was kind of just lamenting that um, she had she had graduated at this point, um, but had spent her time at church all through college, and and has still been going there, but has just realized that there is just something lacking, something missing, uh, some community that wasn't there. And specifically for uh, being a woman in the church, she felt like there was um, just not stuff there for her. And I, I say that not to rag on any church in particular, because that can happen to anybody in any community. But I just remember her sharing her story and thinking that those are things that I think we do super well and take seriously 
with our uh, Kalos team, with the other ministries we do, with our gospel communities that we lead. And just started thinking, what would it be like if we had students come through our church that, yes, they might only be here for four years, but that doesn't matter because college students need the gospel just as much as all of us. And how awesome would it be if we could send people off wherever they go after they graduate, knowing that they had been gospeled and loved super well. So we're working through that, what that looks like. I spent last Thursday up at uh, Gordon College. They had a church connection, so I met a lot of great, awesome, new, uh, hungry students ready to get plugged in that that, uh, we're following up with. And yeah, it'd it'd be great to have them here because they need that community, and, and I think we need them as well. And how blessed our church would be if we had a solid group of, of uh, young college students that were serving and loving our kids and serving in other ways in the church. I think that would be an amazing impact. So, uh, yeah, if you guys could just be praying for this residency, um, for all of it and what we're hoping for, and then specifically right now for um, young adults and for these college students that we would get them through our doors, that we would love them well, and that we would see them uh, serving in a, a pronounced way. It would be awesome. Let's pray for that together. Father, I pray this year for Levi as he serves us in multiple ways. I pray that he would do it in holiness, with optimism. With honesty, hear my prayer for that. I pray that as he works and we observe and love and train, that we would get to know more deeply who he is, how you've made him, where he will fit and flourish best in serving others. We confess that you're sovereign over who comes into the life of any church. I pray that as he has time to disciple some younger folks, that there would be community built, that there would be friendships built that there would be movement of the gospel, purity, that they would grow in grace, that our church would benefit from it, that you would give him the wisdom to know who and how that discipleship can happen as they merge into the life of what is happening here. But I just pray that we would sense your spirit has been strong in him and through him in his work among us this year. Would you hear my prayer for that and answer? I pray that you would do it. Amen. Yeah. One more that we're calling content creation. So every church has some things that the Lord calls her to. Making disciples, preaching the gospel, caring for the saints, living as a light among their people group that they're sent to. Hopefully every church will stand up before you and say, hey, here's what it looks like for us to do that. A few years ago, we also felt as a church like we were called to plant churches And so we have given pronounced effort in that direction since 2012. And there's actually been six churches planted over that time and a seventh that's sort of in the shoot. So many times in prayer you have heard us say, would you pray with us that the Lord would help us figure out how to multiply what he's done in our original church? In that vein, another thing that we began to give ourselves to about a year ago was content creation. So we said hey, we want to tell our story beyond just the folks in the life of our church. 
and to begin to give glory to God by putting content together that will get beyond just the life and the doors of our church. So the first thing we said was we're going to write a field guide about what it's looked for us to plant Seven Mile Road together. What's the DNA? What's the story? And if anyone is saying, I would love my church to feel something like that, instead of saying, well, come live with us for three years, we can say, you can start by reading this. So we told you that two years ago. This is how much of it is done now. It's close. There's 81,000 words in here, and we are like two and a half chapters from being finished. We were trying to be done on August 31st. That was Friday. It's a pretty, a pretty good push. So in September, we will be finished with this project of putting together a gospel-centered field guide for planting a healthy church in a post-Christian context. That's what this is about. So that's been what's most important with that. I want you to know that that's close, that you've heard us talk about it in bits and pieces, and we're going to get this jacked-up draft product into the hands of someone who knows how to edit something beautifully and then see where we move with it from there. So I want you to be aware of that. The second thing is that Patty and I have been doing a podcast called Kalos Conversations. We're basically just talking through our convictions and practice around valuing and loving and gospeling and discipling women in the life of the church to embrace their femininity and partnership, partner fully in making disciples with us. We got a million questions about this over the last few years. So instead of writing a book, we said, let's do a podcast together, also content creation. So we're about 28 episodes into that. After about 30, we will have talked through everything that we do, why we do it, and how we do it. There's been uh, way over 3,000 listens to the individual podcasts, and there's around 200 to 250 people who every single week are consuming the next episode. Um, We're also seeking to do a, a big conference in May in this space for any churches in our area who have been listening, who want to get some face-to-face contact about how can this happen in the life of our church. So through podcast content creation, we're serving the broader church by documenting the things that we've learned and that we've done. We want to do more of this. And so we're also pulling together a team that's going to help us think in terms of what's next, what's next, what's next. That team has met and we've got some things on uh, the shelf. The field guide was the first. The Kalos Conversations is the second. But pretty soon, if you see us begin to roll out some standalone podcasts of stories or um, conversations about how to do certain things in the life of the church, don't be surprised that we'll be giving some effort to doing that to codify who we are and to serve others through that great thing that God has given us called the internet to propagate the great news of the gospel that we're giving ourselves to that too. It's exhausting work. It's very hard. It's easier to just do it than to have to sit down and talk about doing it or write is even worse about doing it. But we feel that it's a a calling that we have and want to do well with. So if you're interested in that, stay in the loop as we put out invites onto that team. 
But let's just pray together for some of these things, that there would be humility, but that there would be fruitfulness through them this year. Father, we've all been blessed by things we've read and heard from outside the life of our church. Thank you for the men, women, husbands, wives, sons, daughters who gave the time to content create. Thank you for the miracles that you have done in so many hearts in the life of our church through these years. We want to testify to the world about your goodness, your reality, your love, your power, your future. I pray that you would bless the writing and the talking and the storytelling that we'll be doing in the next couple of years. That it would not be proud, that it would not be brandish, that it would not be self-exalting at all. Would you just strike all of that? I pray instead that you would bless your church through the many graces that you have given to this one. And I pray that you give us the endurance, the creativity, the wisdom, the teamwork, the unity to do these things well. Would you bless the work of our hands in that vein this year? We could look back today and say, yeah, we prayed about this, and you've been faithful to answer those prayers. Would you hear me? I pray. Amen. All right, there is so much else that's happening, all kinds of things. Don't not pray for those things just because we didn't mention them today. Just five minutes, ten minutes. Ask the Lord to be gracious to your church that we might be healthy and unified and just filled up with the gospel. There is no other way to live life than going all out for God. It's the first command. Love me.